All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your presence, Holy Spirit, your presence and power. Jesus, we thank you that you're with us, you're hearing, answering our prayers, caring about our needs. Lord, Father, we thank you so much that we're your children. We have the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Father. And Lord, I pray right now that every one of us, that you would anoint our eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, I pray that you would give us good fertile soil of hearts and minds and lives. And tune us in to what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me the words of life and truth and let it go into every heart and mind as living seeds of truth that will be watered by the Holy Spirit, take root and grow and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until you come. Lord, help us. You said in your word that to those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, and we know that we have physical eyes and ears, but help us tonight to have spiritual eyes and ears. Lord, I pray for spiritual discernment and understanding to see beyond the natural and see by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that right now, and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. I want everybody to get in on this word tonight. I feel it's really important. So if y'all could come gather in and get focused. Specifically, I want to start with Luke chapter 14. I feel that in many ways I'm kind of continuing on what Pastor Daniel preached at Outcry for those that were there. But I feel like it's kind of a continuation. All right. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross, follow me, cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you was to build a tower. Will he not first, down, first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with his 10,000 men to oppose the one who is coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while on the way and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Those that have ears to hear, let him hear. So this... This is such an awesome, I mean, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. Jesus is saying, for us to be his disciple, it's going to cost us everything. Our whole life, Christianity is a radical thing. It's not a religion, it's a relationship with God. And not only that, it's a very radical relationship with God. Jesus gave everything for us, and he expects us to give everything to him. God has never accepted some lame uh, you know, weak, like for example, in the Old Testament, they could not sacrifice a lamb with defect. You know, if there was a lamb that was blind or, or had some kind of defect on it, they couldn't sacrifice. God has never accepted those type of sacrifices. He, he, wants, he wants everything or nothing at all. You hear what I'm saying? 
He wants everything or nothing at all. So, I want to go through some things tonight, and it's based out of this scripture about counting the cost. And I, I really ask that everybody please give me your best ear and your focus because I feel tonight, I've been preparing this sermon for some time, and I feel it's very significant. And it's really important. I'm going to tell you it's a divine appointment that you're here, and it's a divine appointment for those that are going to hear this. There are people in other countries that get these sermons. There's people across this nation that get these sermons. There's people that stumble upon these things on the Internet. And it is a divine appointment that you're hearing this. Okay? I remember not that long ago somebody came and I just happened to show a little clip, and that video clip spoke to their heart about something that happened when they were a child. What was the odds that that person who had never been before or since was here on that one night? It was a divine appointment. And so there's a reason why you're here. Number one, I want to point out to count the cost. And I want you to ask yourself something. Do you want a move of God or do you just want church as usual? What you really think about what you're saying, though. As many times we're like, oh, yes, Lord, we want this. And, and haven't even considered the cost. Okay, I want you to think about it for a second. Do you really want a move of God? Do you really want God to come down and touch people and see people's lives totally change, his presence? And some people say yes, but I'm going to ask you this question. Are you willing to pay the price to have it? Because it really will cost you everything. You will have people <coughs> that hate you without reason. You'll have people that persecute you. You'll have people that will betray you, that once were close to you, and now they're a Judas. You will have people that, that are used of the devil in different ways. And you have to be ready to count the cost. See, years ago, I was a youth pastor and at this specific church where I was at. And, I, and you know, it was good. I was about 19 years old. It was good. Things were going good. Anybody that saw it would think that things were great. And the youth had grown substantially, especially for a church that size. And so that was the problem. I mean, everything was fine. But I remember when, when God messed up everything for me right here. I, I had heard about a revival going on in Pensacola. This was, 90, this was probably 96 when this happened. And I had... You know, I thought, well, I'm going to go down there, and I went down there. And I remember going down during the time whenever um, people were going down to get saved. I knew I was saved, but I just went down because I wanted to get prayer from people. And some guy I didn't even know came up just pray for me. And I remember just being hit by the power of God so strong, thrown backwards. I landed on the ground. I literally felt like God just baptized me in fire. That's the only way I can describe it. And that fire has never gone out. How many knows God is an all-consuming fire? And God isn't going to die in you, okay? God's not the problem. The reason why people die spiritually, it's their fault, not God, okay? But, but that fire was put in my life and God baptized me in fire. And when I came back to the youth ministry that seemed so good before, it was like now I saw how shallow everything really actually was. Before that, it seemed fine. I mean, young people were having a good time and they were, they were you know, getting right with God and things like that. It, it wasn't... It wasn't a complete waste of time by any means. But after experiencing God like that and coming off the mountain, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of like whenever I went back in there, I was like, something's got to change. So I began to cry out to God. And what happened was two, two things at the same simultaneous time this was going on. 
God began to pour out his spirit on the young people, and the devil began to raise up people like you wouldn't believe to come against me, like you wouldn't believe. Everything was fine until God touched me. Everything was fine until God anointed me. Then all hell broke loose, seriously. And the young people were really getting touched by God and were weeping, and they were telling me there's this, there's this thing that they go to yearly called Winterfest. It's basically like a summer camp. And God always said, and they would tell me it feels like it feels like that every week because God started moving. 